Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. And I'm delighted to welcome to the executive chair today, Anthony Gallagher. He's the founder of Pet Stop. Anthony, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much, Bobby. Glad to be here. Lovely to talk to you again, Anthony. Um, let's remind uh, our listeners of your history. Uh, you were the youngest of 10 kids, grew up in Sligo. Your father worked for the ES, for the C, for CIE, actually. And I think you started life as a lifeguard, uh, was, accept, were accept, was accepted uh, to NIHE, but choose the graduate pennies programme. So a lot said there in the first, but maybe you'd elaborate on all that for me, if you would. Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. Great, you know, childhood in Sligo, youngest of 10, uh, plenty of action and, you know, having to fight your way through everything. But, you know, great training for life in general. And my first real job, yeah, was a lifeguard, which was great because, you know, my friends were earning 20 pounds a week and I was earning 60. So, yeah. you know, a good start. And then I was accepted to NIHE in Limerick to do international marketing. And I decided to take the year off and try and save up some money because it was expensive and money was a bit short at home at the time. So when I came back, I worked in France picking grapes. And when I came back, pennies were opening a new store in Sligo and they needed somebody to sweep the floor for the first few weeks before it opened. Um, and I had my name down with Manpower. So I... Uh, I took the job for two weeks and uh, they liked me and a fella called Tim O'Keefe, who was head of Ireland at the time, a really nice gentleman, said, would you like to join the Penny's management programme? So I did and um, I never got to NIHE. <laughs> Isn't it very interesting, though, how something like that can, can really influence the direction of your career? Something as simple as that, you know, you were in a place, somebody saw uh, some bit of a spark, some bit of talent, and then you took the opportunity. All those things, and that's the path that brought you on your career. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is all about really, you know, whatever is in front of you, doing your best, you know, working your hardest, resilience, because, yeah. you know, retail is a tough business. And, you know, when I started 43 years ago, it was a very, very tough business, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but great fun and great opportunities. I mean, what a company to work for. I mean, you know, and it was a very flat organization. So, we you know, within, you know, six months, you know, I was meeting the chairman, Arthur Ryan. And in the end, you know, I was there for six years and, you know, I became quite friendly with him. Yeah. Even, you know, 30 years later, 25 years, if I met him, absolutely. Big the, handshake, really, you know, delighted to see you. When you look at the experience that you got in Pennies, even if, as you say, it was only six years, but you were promoted, you got your own store, you ran multiple stores, you opened new stores. The experience gained there is absolutely invaluable. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's incredible. It really is. I mean, you know, it, it you know, when you, because what it sets you up for is you can deal with anything. Anything yeah. you come across after that is, you know, is a walk in the park, really. Um, because you're you're working with great people, like-minded people, you know, people that worked for me and with me have gone on to, you know, run really big organizations, still in touch with people. I, I mean, I've gone out of pennies over 30 years, 
I still could go into any pennies, you know, around the country. I'd probably know somebody there. Yeah. I could have a cup of tea, you know, not having seen guys for 30 years. It's Amazing. great. Yeah. So um, the reason you left pennies, I think, was that you kind of realised that as a PAYE worker, you were never going to find your fortune. And I think you you took the decision to leave. You went to the UK and... and as a retail consultant. So was that a kind of a crossroads on your career? Yeah, what happened was, um, I ha- I mean, back in the day, I mean, I was been very well paid by pennies. I mean, a really good salary because I'd gone up to the ranks fairly quickly. Um, but at the time, if you were earning over 12,000 a year as a PAYE worker, you were paying 65 pence in a pound plus 7.75% PRSI. Yeah. So I decided, look, I'm going to have to do something different. Um, and a delicatessen came up for sale in Nutgrove, which I just opened for pennies. I took the opportunity, I, I bought that, um, and uh, I doubled the turnover in a year. I sold it, doubled the value of it. and took, Can I say that's unusual in that business? <laughs> 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 to come in and, and double your money in a year yeah. in any kind of culinary operation is exceptional. And, and maybe, maybe the secret was I had no culinary skills whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I learned my trade, you know, selling bras and knickers and panties, you know. So, well, um, well, that was good. Well, well, fair play to you. So, on the back of that success, then you obviously made a few quid, and then you decided, tell us more. Yeah, where, so where, where, what I decided next? to take a couple of months off and travel around Europe, and I met a guy who worked with me in pennies, and he, they were looking for somebody to do a project uh, on a retail operation, fashion store in Birmingham. Uh, owned by an Indian gentleman, and so I took the job, um, did it for about two months, uh, effectively, you know, tried to streamline the operation, was losing money, came up with a couple of, you know, ideas for him. The biggest problem really was himself. I mean, he wouldn't let his own guys run the business, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He knew he knew better than them, and in reality, he didn't. He, w- he came from a manufacturing background. They were retail, and he wanted them to sell his stuff. His stuff wouldn't sell. He needed bigger ranges. I mean, none of it was rocket science, but you yeah. know, he—that's really how. Um, you know, so so from there, um, I, I got another project, and and I got a project with Quaker Oats, who were the second biggest pet food company in the world at the time, and I got on very well with the MD in Germany, and he then asked me because it was from Ireland. Would I do a study on the Irish pet market, the Irish pet food market? They had a distributor here in Ireland. Um, so I said, look, I don't know anything about pet food. He said, we do. So I did. I took on the project with their guidance, and I ended up buying the distributor that I had in Ireland. So I now was in the pet food distribution business. Okay. And that was your, I suppose, your springboard into what later became... Uh, what later became Pet Stop. So you were distributing, it was a veterinary recognised uh, pet food product, was it? Yeah, it was yeah. sold through the professional channel. So it was only, originally I only we only sold it through pet stores, but I recognised that there was a big opportunity. The people who were recommending food to dogs and cats were vets. So if somebody came in, and vets weren't selling food at the time. Yeah. So I introduced this range. I got great traction, great support from the veterinary market. It was a really good product. Um, and, um, you know, so I that went very well um, until Quaker decided they were going to exit the pet food market and they sold out to Spillers, and Spillers already had their own operation in Ireland at that stage. So you had to think on your feet, and you're in the pet business now, 
and you decided maybe, just maybe, looking at what was happening in the US, that there just might be a model around uh, a, a, a pet supermarket or a, 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 a department store for pets. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I mean, I now had industry knowledge in the pet industry and I had retailer knowledge from working in Penny. So I decided to use modern retailing techniques in the pet industry. So Pet Stop was born from that. Um, and, you know, we did a little bit of market research, not much. I mean, it was literally on a gut feel. Um, we did a bit of market research um, and we decided that, yeah, Ireland was ready for it. So we took the plunge. Uh, fantastic. Now, I know there was some uh, early investors Sean Melly, Lean Booth, Bernard Summers, people that uh, many of our listeners will know. It, 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 it hasn't been a bed of roses, let's call it, Anthony. There's been, there's been some sleepless nights. Yeah. Um, but as I say, mm. you've got through all that. And I, would I be right in saying that uh, COVID was probably good for your business? Yeah, I mean, COVID really, you know, catapulted us. It brought us on about four years, really, to be honest with you. Is that right? Yeah, it did. It, it, it doubled our turnover, literally overnight. Now, it was down to my staff, to my colleagues, to my friends who work with me. Some of the people, you know, Shirley Lynn, Suzanne McAvoy, who've w worked for me for 28 years, yeah. from day one. I mean, God help them is all I can <laughs> say. <laughs> so, uh, the... Pet is now a member of the family, and maybe that's a, a kind of a post-COVID thing. And the implications of that are probably huge. Yeah, I mean, it's been coming for a long time. I mean, COVID sort of, you know, really catapulted the whole thing forward, really. Uh, you know, and, you know, one of the big one of the big beneficiaries of COVID was the pet industry. Yeah. People were at home, they wanted a dog, they could bring the dog out for a walk. He was, you know, a bit of a distraction for the kids, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, we were very, very successful. But I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, we went from a situation where, you know, we were selling online maybe 200 orders a day, 100 to 200, depending on the day, to doing 2,000. I mean, yeah. overnight. I mean, just in instantly. And the other thing, which, again, some of our listeners won't know, was that you had the stock when others hadn't. Yeah. You, you got a heads up that maybe COVID was coming and you invested massively in stock, which you were able to sell. Yeah. My, my daughter was living in Taiwan at the time, Marcella, and uh, I was chatting to her. She was supposed to, I think, go back to China for the Chinese New Year. And she said, look, Dad, there's something happening in Wuhan. We don't know what it is. But I'm not going. Um, and but I've been told that the factories are not going to open, reopen after Chinese New Year. So if I were you, whatever stock you need from China, which if it's coming, get it out now. So on the back of that, I decided we we got whatever stock was coming, but we started buying up from distributors in Europe. And my staff, I mean, thought it was mad. You couldn't walk down the aisles in the warehouse. I mean, like said, no, he's definitely lost the plot this time. <laughs> uh, so, so it, it, it's 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 the business now. You've got uh, you're going to open five new stores in the next eighteen months. The new uh, store in Black Rock, which I saw, is lovely. That's a slightly different format, is it not, to some of the original stores? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So, about um, a year ago, we opened a new store in Douglas Shopping Centre in Cork. And that was the new format. Um, and now we've brought that forward to BlackRock. That's dog and cat only. It's a smaller 
footprint or normal stores are about 7,500 square feet. This is 3,000 square feet. Uh, we carry a smaller limited number of lines, but customers can access the full catalogue of 12,500 products um, and it can, they can have it either delivered to the store the next day for collection or to their home the next okay. day. Okay, so, so it's a smaller footprint, but access to the wider footprint via online. But it makes sense. So these next five stores in the next year and a half, will they more likely be that format? It, it depends. It, it really depends on what we can get. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, now, some that we are looking at with Argus exiting the market, uh, they have 32 stores. We are looking at a number of their stores. We're in negotiation on yeah. a number of them. Well, good luck with that. Thank you very much. Yeah. And then we are looking around. We've got an open mind. So, you know, if it's 2,000 square feet, if it's 10,000 square feet, within reason, we can make it work. Now, uh, just finally then, Anthony, a couple of things uh, that we, that our listeners, again, may not know about you. Uh, you're a lover of music and you've got a, a lifestyle, a life-sized Statue of Elvis. Where does this where does this <laughs> hang out? <laughs> so I've got a, a bronze lifestyle statue of Elvis um, that I got uh, from a friend of mine as a gift. I mean, it's beautiful by a famous sculptor, uh, and it was originally in Vegas. No uh, way. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's now in the house. As we walk in, people are like, <laughs> like they get a shock when they see it. Uh, but I mean, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Great talking point. You also played squash at a very competitive level. Uh, do you miss the squash days? Did you learn a lot from squash? Yeah, I mean, uh, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was great fun and um, made a lot of friends and that. And I do miss it. I play tennis about twice a week. I know by looking at me, you wouldn't think it, but but I do. And, you know, so I still enjoy, you know, the bit of sport all the time. Well, listen, it's a great business. It's a great story. Anthony Gallagher, uh, all the way from Sligo, via pennies, to Pet Stop. Thanks for joining us here this morning. Thank you very much, Bobby. Thank you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.